Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Colt Sebastian Taylor. Hello, my friends. It's me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, a retro adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur recovering flu victim. Yes, that's right. Uh, last week I had a shorter show because I wasn't feeling that great. Recorded on Sunday. Uh, a week later, feeling much better. I would say roughly at like, you know, 95, 98%. Still have a um, bit of a lingering cough, so I'll be chilling on a few cough drops here during the broadcast today. But back once again for a Saturday report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. <clears throat> uh, remember, you can find me on a variety social media platforms, including the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, uh, Cameo, as well as Counter Social and Threads. And then uh, you should definitely bookmark ColtSebastianTaylor.com, which I'll update one of these days. And of course, if you're listening to this broadcast, you are surely a follower and a subscriber to uh, Anchor.fm slash Taylor. All right, my friends, let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. First up this week, my friends, it is Thanksgiving week. Yes, Turkey Day. It is Turkey Day. It is Turkey Day. Um, you may want to ignore the historical consequences of the pilgrims coming to the New World and how they treated Native Americans. Don't worry about that because past the stuffing and cranberry, it is Thanksgiving. Um, fun fact, Thanksgiving is the most likely day to have a cooking fire in the United States. Yes, it's, it is it is statistically correct. Um, it, is the <laughs> it is the peak day for cooking fires in the United States. In fact, on Thanksgiving Day, there are three times as many fires, cooking fires, in the United States on Thanksgiving than the typical day in the United States, according to the NFPA. Um, in 2021, uh, the National Fire Protection Association um, published a statement about cooking fires on that day, saying, quote, Thanksgiving is a hectic holiday that involves lots of cooking and distractions, which can make it easy to lose sight of what's on the stove and in the oven. Unintended cooking is the leading cause of home cooking fires, so we strongly encourage people to keep a close eye on what they're cooking and to minimize the likelihood of getting distracted. According to NFPA data, cooking was the leading cause of reported home structure fires and civilian injuries and the second leading cause of civilian deaths and direct property damage on the annual average from 2015 to 2019. On Thanksgiving Day alone, an estimated 1,400 cooking fires were reported to U.S. fire departments in 2009, reflecting a 228% increase over the daily average. So, my friends, if you are cooking on Thanksgiving, watch the stove, watch the oven. You don't want to be part of that 228% increase um, <laughs> increase in fires. Uh, according to FEMA, according to FEMA, they recorded 2,300 residential burning building fires reported in the U.S. on Thanksgiving Day. And according to that data, between 2017 and 2019, led to 25 deaths, 25 injuries, and over $26 million in property loss. So don't be a statistic, my friends. Be careful. Be mindful. 
Set timers. Set multiple timers. It's not, uh, and for love of God, do not fry a turkey inside your, uh, garage, okay? You will burn down your house. If you're going to do it, because you're crazy, do it outside in the field away from flammable objects. You lunatics. Never had one? Don't want one? Just saying. Don't deep fry a turkey in your garage. Or on your porch. Or even like within 30 feet of your house. Now Thanksgiving is also one of those rare holidays where lots of things are closed and some things are open. Um, so on Thanksgiving, uh, a lot of there will be no mail. Uh, banks will be closed. Uh, depending on what state you're in. Uh, you won't be able to buy liquor, like, for example, here in the great state of Pennsylvania. No liquor sales in Pennsylvania. However, if you were to go to neighboring New Jersey, you could. You could. Go figure. So, but there are a variety of places that will, that will, uh, be open on Thanksgiving and places that will not be open on Thanksgiving. Um, some of the stores that will be, uh, Open on Thanksgiving uh, include Bass Pro Shops, go figure, Big Lots, Cabela's, uh, CVS's, uh, Dollar General's, Family Dollar, uh, Gordman's, Old Davy, I guess that's a thing, Rite Aid, uh, Sears, they're opening at 6 p.m., Old Davy at 3 p.m., uh, Vons, and Walgreens. Many grocery stores. Although not all, but many grocery stores will also be open. Um, many grocery stores will also be open on Thanksgiving for limited hours. So for those last-minute Thanksgiving needs, they got you covered. They got you covered. But there are also plenty of stores that will be closed on Thanksgiving, which is a bit reverse. Before the pandemic, everyone's like, oh, we're going to be opening at 6 a.m. on Black Friday. At midnight on Black Friday, we're open all day on Thanksgiving. Fortunately, we've, we've dialed that back a bit. So the following stores will be closed on Thanksgiving in your area. And they include A.C. Moore, Aldi, Ashley's Furniture, Barnes & Nobles, Bath & Body Works, Best Buy, B.J. Wholesale Club, Bloomingdale's, Burlington Coat Factory, Calvin Klein, Century 21, Costco, Crate & Barrel, Dick's Sporting Good, Forever 21, Home Depot, Home Goods, Home Sense, J.C. Petty, uh, Coles, Macy's, Marshalls, Michaels, Petco, PetSmart, Public, Sierra, Sur La Table, Target, T.J. Maxx, T-Mobile, Trader Joe's, White House, Black Market, and Walmart will all be closed. <clears throat> but your grocery stores, pharmacies, likely to be open in your area. But it's best, best, best to get all of your needs, shopping needs done day before Thanksgiving, especially your food needs. And listen, some people like the Black Friday deal. Some people like to go after Thanksgiving and immediately start their shopping. Me, not so much. Not so much. Near where I live, uh, there is an outlet called the Philadelphia Premium Outlets. And I used to do this not anymore because I don't feel like driving out. But I would go out at like 10 p.m. on Thanksgiving and there would be cars parked on the highway Desperate to get in to park in this premium outlets when it opened at midnight to do its like black uh, Black Friday um, um, sales and whatnot. It was crazy. There were police 
everywhere trying to direct people in and out all the time. I mean, just, uh, just, just, just crazy, crazy amount of traffic in that area for an area not designed to have that crazy amount of traffic. It really isn't. It really isn't. Um, I don't know what they're doing this year. Usually they open at midnight on, on, uh, Black Friday, but, uh, maybe, maybe they will this year, but they probably will. They probably will. Not that I'll be out there. I do all my shopping online because I don't want to deal with that <clears throat> nonsense whatsoever. Uh, what I do do on Thanksgiving night, and this is, this is a bit of a tradition, um, usually the, that morning, I get up at, at the crack of dawn, and I set up all of my holiday lights. Most of them. No, but most of them put up all my holiday lights, But and then at night, after Thanksgiving, that's when I turn all of my holiday lights on, turn the timers on, so then everything's on. Uh, tradition, what my family did, coming back from my grandparents, we would always turn on the little candles in the windows right after Thanksgiving, then officially after Thanksgiving, you can turn your holiday lights on. So... So this weekend, um, after this broadcast, I'll be going downstairs, check out my lights, and then Thanksgiving morning, before I go to Thanksgiving dinner, start decorating. That's that's what I do. Unless it's raining. Is it raining on Thursday? Gosh, I was on rain on Thursday. If it's raining on Thursday, then I'll wait. I'll, uh, I'll do it some other day if it's raining on Thursday. But if it's not raining on Thursday, I don't think it's raining on Thursday. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Moving along for my last Thanksgiving-related story here. Thanksgiving, also known for a lot of travel. A lot of travel, one of the busiest, if not the the busiest, uh, busiest travel day of the year. Uh, AAA, in a um, press release, predicts 55.4 million travelers will head 50 miles or more from home over the Thanksgiving holiday period. Uh, saying it is the third largest Thanksgiving forecast since AAA began tracking holiday travel in 2000, the top two years being 2005 and 2019. Obviously, 2020, 2021, a bit of a dip. Uh, they are expecting a 2.3% increase over last year uh, from the year before. <clears throat> now, uh, last year, 2022, uh, 48.30 million people traveled by car. This year, they're predicting 49.13. Last year, they predicted 40.4 million traveled by air. This year, 4.69. Uh, and then, uh, in 2022, 1.40 traveled by other means, train, boats, etc. This year, they're expecting 1.55 for a total of 55.37 million people. Now, also, <clears throat> with Thanksgiving, the majority will drive, 88.7% drive, as opposed to any other thing. Driving, obviously, you're going to experience delay. So AAA has also, and I'm going to bring it to you, my friends, because I want you to have a good traveling time, the best and worst times to drive for Thanksgiving. The busiest day to drive will be Wednesday, November 22nd, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, I myself, not driving at all, I'm staying inside, they're spending an 11.44 increase, a ten per, over 10% increase compared to typical travel times. <clears throat> so the worst time is between 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Wednesday, 
Uh, the best time to travel, be out the door before 11 a.m. On Thanksgiving Day, the best time to tra the worst time to travel is between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Uh, and uh, the best time on Thanksgiving is the outdoor before 10 a.m. or after 5 p.m. On Friday, Black Friday, worst time to travel, 12 to 4. Best, before 11 a.m. or after 7 p.m. On Saturday and Sunday, worst time to travel will be 3 to 5 p.m. Best time to travel anytime before 12 p.m. noon. So, if you are traveling... My friends, keep that in mind. AAA will be able to tell you what to do. As for myself, I'm not traveling too far. Just going to a parent's house less than 10 miles away. Taking the back roads. I expect a bit of traffic. A bit of traffic. But I kind of live out in the boondocks. So, not expecting... If there's a delay, it's like a 90-second delay. So, just saying. Just saying. And uh, also, if you're traveling, just so you know, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Uh, Wednesday, November 22nd, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, usually the biggest drinking night of the year, most DUIs, high chance of drunk drivers, so do, do yourself a favor, if you're out and about on Wednesday night, talking to old high school friends, you know, get a designated driver, and, or, you know, just don't go out at all, just saying, just saying, I know, there's some... Maybe you want to do rehash some old times with old high school chums. Fine, whatever. But just, my friends, be careful. One of the most dangerous nights of the year for drinking and driving because everyone's drinking like a fish because hardly anyone's working tomorrow except if you're at CVS or Bass Pros, apparently. My friends, what I'll be doing Wednesday night, not out with my high school chums, I'll be playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, that's right. I do a Wednesday night Dungeons and Dragons game online on Twitch, the Long Shots, Long Shots D and D, where uh, I play with people from all over the world, from Canada to New Zealand to uh, Kentucky and all places in between. Check it out; it's a good time. Um, on season two of the campaign of this long-term campaign, uh, high body count this season. Only like 12 sessions in, only three people have died. We've had to make new characters. And this week, well, last week, I almost bit it. Can't believe I survived. This week, more than likely, I'll probably bite it. So come and watch the dramatic death of my character, Brevlin Loyalfoot. On this week, he's a rabbit. Uh, he, on this week's Long Shots Dungeons and Dragons, twitch.tv slash longshotsdnd. Check it out. It's a good time. Come and see as I battle a dragon in midair for hopefully more than one round. We'll see what happens. You, you, know, you should just come and tell the DM that there needs to be lair actions. I, it's okay if you don't know what that means, but there needs to be allied town lair actions. And if enough people bully him, then I will probably die faster. So, you know, play, play, play your cards right. Just play your cards right. We now go to Las Vegas, Nevada, where the Formula One Grand Prix is racing there. First time the Grand Prix has been in Las Vegas, and it's been a apparently $500 million event to transform downtown Las Vegas into a racetrack for, these, for the Grand Prix 
these Grand Prix cars and whatnot, uh, causing a lot of uh, angst within people living in Las Vegas with these grandstands being built all over the place, blocking fountains, and all these screens being put up. So if you don't have a ticket, you can't watch from the outside, like these, these blind screens. And uh, hotels jacking up prices to $199, or $899 a night. $25 beers, $140 cocktails being served in, in boots. Just a, <coughs> a, a decadence of, I guess, this is a thing that they do. Well, did not start off to a good start this weekend. Uh, they had a practice session. Uh, at midnight, where people could have a like midnight cocktails and eat and watch these sort of practice sessions where cars would race around the track and they could watch and whatnot from their paid seats, paid seats in the grandstands where they paid money to sit there and watch this neat. About eight minutes into the practice session, a car ran over a manhole cover that was not sealed Manhole cover flipped up and blew out the back, blew out the back of this car, and the race came to a halt. Um, apparently, someone had overlooked welding these manhole covers shut, which apparently, according to one reporter, they apparently do at other Grand Prix. In fact, the reporter posted a video thing on, I think, uh, uh, Twitter, where he says, "Well, you know, there are manhole covers out there. Usually, they weld these down. So I guess they'll be doing that before the." First race tonight. Fun fact: They didn't. So uh, the 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 practice session, which was supposed to start at midnight or 11 p.m., ended after about 10 minutes, and then officials had to spend two hours walking the track, welding these down or pouring cement into the manhole covers to seal them so they wouldn't flip up and hit cars. Here's the funny thing. Um, apparently the hotels and the, and, and, and the, um, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the event wasn't going to pay overtime for the employees working. So the event shut down at 1.30 when it was supposed to. And the cars started racing about 20 minutes later. The employees left and the police and security came and had to kick everyone out because there was no one there to watch them. So... They raced in front of no one, and people who paid good money to watch them couldn't watch them because the event wouldn't play, pay the employees overtime to uh, manage the event. And then they had to wrap up by 4 a.m. because the Grand Prix is in the middle of Las Vegas, and they need those roads for Las Vegas. So they had to open up the track for regular traffic. So it is a mess. <coughs> some, are, some people are calling it the Fire Festival F1 Grand Prix. Uh, apparently, hotel uh, rooms are now being sold for like $30 a pop. And it is shaping up to be a humongous PR and financial disaster for the Formula F1 series here in Las Vegas. I don't see how they don't get their $500 million back. It is a big old, big old, big old mess. Wow. Wow. And you know what? I cannot eat it up enough. If you're paying tens of thousands of dollars to watch the Grand Prix and drinking a $140 cocktail out of a shoe, then do I feel for you? No. No, I don't. I do not. Oh, well. Have fun watching your cars. Maybe not, because you can't watch them. <laughs> Moving on to musical news. If you're in London's West End, Tammy Faye, the musical's coming. 
Um, I didn't know Tammy Faye had a musical, but apparently he does, with the music of Elton John. Elton John no longer touring, but he is, um, I guess, doing musicals. <clears throat> uh, it features music by Elton John, with lyrics written by Scissor Sisters Jake Shears, uh, a book by award-winning writer James Graham, and direction by Tony Award nominee Rupert Gold, uh, set to premiere at one of Broadway's uh, Netherlander Theaters during the 2024-2025 season. The original musical follows Tammy Faye Baker and her fight to revolutionize evangelism uh, along with her ex-husband Jim Baker. Uh, well, husband at the time. Uh, they had their own television ministry during the 70s and 80s called Praise the Lord Network, uh, but ended when Jim Baker was convicted of fraud. Go figure. I had its world premiere in fall 2022 at London's uh, Amidia Theatre, where it received rave reviews. It was nominated for four Oliver Awards, including Best Musical. Uh, Tony nominee uh, Andrew Reynolds, who is currently starring in Broadway's Gutenberg the Musical, starred in the West End as Jim Baker. The production features choreographed by Lynn Page, orchestrations by T Tom Deering, Mar and Mark Dickman, music, supervision, arrangements, and digital music by Tom Deering, and scene design by Bunny Christie, costume design by Katina, uh, Katrina Lindsay, and line design by Neil Austin, sound design by Bobby Aiken, and video design by Finn Ross. Production dates, theater, and casting will be announced at a later date. So, if you like musicals, Elton John, and the heyday of Tammy Faye Baker, Look forward in 2024-2025 Broadway season. Tammy Faye, a new musical. We now go to Georgia, where a Georgia high school football coach was fired. Why, you asked? What did he do? Well, uh, he baptized 20 of his players with a pastor after practice. Now, listen. Baptism, religion, hey, that's your business. But it's a school sport, and you should have a coach baptizing people after 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 school one night. If you have your organized your own thing, after practice, outside of practice, whatever, pray thing, you know, youth youth praying, whatever, that's great. But like immediately after practice, bringing a pastor in, mm, yeah, that's a bit much. That's a separation of church and state, there, buddy. I was posted on the official page of the Tattanoe County high school football team uh, where 20 players were baptized after Coach Isaac Farrell brought a pastor to the practice session. Uh, the, 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 quote, the post says, 20 young men made a decision to go hashtag all in with Christ. Show them some support. Yeah, well. Uh, the team posted a Facebook video of the baptism that occurred after practice showing multiple students getting dunked in a vat of water as the pastor blessed them. Um, yeah, a local NBC affiliate reported the administration later fired him for that position. According to the statement, the district said the decision was based on the outcome of an investigation into a separate incident that occurred on November 3rd. It is unclear what that investigation involved. I'm just going to guess... Perhaps it's religious stuff. <clears throat> the district, quote, the statement that the district decided they would not seek to seek a head football coach that aligned with the best interests of the students of the Tartanol County for the 24-25 school year. As to the other allegations, the district does not comment during ongoing investigations. The decision apparently left some parents dismayed. 
One parent said, quote, it was so sweet because you could see the boys and they looked like they wanted it. You know, like everyone looked excited from the ones I was able to see, so was cheering. Thank you. Uh, God, yes, 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 I was all for it. Hey, folks, again, school, it's school football team is not a Catholic football team. It is a public school football team. You can't do stuff like that. All right? Take a social studies class. <sighs> Idiots. Um, so, I'm sure they're upset. And I'm not knocking on your religion. But you cannot have a publicly paid football coach bring a pastor to practice and then baptize your players. If you want that to happen, go to a Catholic high school. That They probably do that every day there. So... Just saying, just saying. We now go to Spain where Shakira is going on trial for tax fraud. Yes, Shakira, those hips don't lie, and apparently she did lie on her tax forms, however. Uh, just days after Latin Grammys, Colombian pop idol Shakira is set to go on trial in Barcelona Monday for alleged cheating, ta cheating uh, uh, Spain of $14.5 million Euro of euros. Uh, prosecutors are seeking a jail term of eight years and two months and a fine of 24 million euros uh, from the 46-year-old singer who now lives in Miami with her two sons. Um, she denied any wrongdoing, turned down the plea deal from prosecutors, uh, which made this trial starting underway on Monday. Um, the case centers on where the singer whose hits include Hips Don't Lie, Whenever, Whatever, and the 2010 World Cup song Waka Waka, or Waka Waka, I don't know, lived between 2012 and 2014. Prosecutors allege that Shakira uh, spent more than half of that time in Spain and should have paid taxes in that country. They say she moved to Spain after her relationship with uh, football club Barcelona defender Jard Pique became public in 2011, but maintained official tax residency until the Baham until in the Bahamas until 2015. Uh, in the W, the prosecution claims that Shakira used a set of companies based in tax havens with the intention of not paying uh, tax in Spain. Uh, Shakira's lawyers said that in 2014 she led a nomadic life and earned most of her money from international tours, and that she only permanently moved to Barcelona just before the birth of their second son in January 2015. Uh, they're expecting 120 witnesses, and the trial is expected to last until December 14th. Uh, the singer is expected to testify in the opening session of the trial, and she may request permission from the court not to be present during the remaining hearings. Uh, even without her presence, apparently details of her private life are likely to emerge as prosecutors in Spain have carried out a meticulous investigation to prove their case. They interviewed neighbors, tracked her images on social media networks, checked her payments at hairdressers, and even the health clinic she attended during pregnancy to prove she had spent time there in Spain to owe taxes. Um, this is not the first time, apparently, the singer's finances have been raised. She was in the 2021 Pandora Papers, which uh, there was a leak which revealed uh, wealth and tax avoidance strategies for the global rich in her case, related to her residency in the Bahamas. Um, 
<laughs> uh, the trial comes after she had a big night at the Latin Grammy Awards held in Seville in southern Spain on Thursday. She performed twice and picked up three awards, including Song of the Year, Best Pop Song for a Collaboration with Argentina, Argentina's DJ Biz Rap, Biz -a Rap on Bizerps Music Sessions Volume 53. Uh, the track takes swipe at her former partner, apparently, Peak, who uh, the couple broke up last year after a decades-long relationship includes references of being left with a debt to the tax office. It's been played 1.5 billion times on Spotify and YouTube. Uh, Shakira said in an interview published in the Spanish celebrity magazine Ola, uh, quote, people on my team tried to convince me to change the lyrics, but I'm not a UN diplomat. I'm an artist. Above all else, a woman. And uh, yeah, so we'll see if they can nail Shakira on tax fraud charges. If not, Possibly eight years in jail and a $24 million fine. Hopefully, well, hopefully she can beat the charges. That's a lot of money and a lot of years in jail. We now go to movie news where Pedro Pascal apparently is going to play Reed Richards in Fantastic Four, <coughs> which is a superhero movie, uh, which they've made a few, a, few, uh, a few Fantastic Four movies in the past, but uh, they're saying they're casting him as Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four. Uh, speculation has run rapid who would would star in the Fantastic Four. And uh, Pedro Pascal, he's the guy. Uh, he is the star of The Last of Us, a breakout HBO series, which season two in the works. Uh, also in Disney's Mandalorian, which apparently, in this next season, um, he is... Um, not going to appear in The Mandalorian. He's, he's just going to do voiceover only, which if you know the series, makes sense. Um, he is set to be in Ridley Scott's Gladiator 2, which, yeah, they made a Gladiator 2. It was supposed to take place after the first Gladiator with Russell Crowe, with some of the cast returning from the first movie in 2000. It's like 25 years later. Uh, which shut down during the actor strike. Uh, you also know Pedro Pascal from Wonder Woman 1984 and The Kingsman, The Golden Circle, as well as his role in Game of Thrones. Uh, other th the other three Fantastic Four, The Thing, The Human Torch, and The Invisible Woman, not cast yet, but we'll see. But Pedro Pascal, he's handsome, he's great, he's funny, I like him, so it's a good choice. Uh, past 2000, past Fantastic Four movies... Uh, Reed Richards was played by Alion Grutford in uh, the mid-2000s. Uh, Miles Teller played him in 2015, which was supposed to be a new series, but it failed miserably. And then John Krasinski played a version of him in, in the MCU's 2022's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, John Krasinski, I would like to see you play uh, Reed Richards, but you know what? You know what? That's fine. Pedro Pascal, I'll take it. Moving along, strikes. They happen. Workers, workers of the world unite. Strikes happen in, uh, in like, uh, automotive. Uh, Starbucks has unions. Uh, Teamsters. Uh, actors, writers. Well, scientists also apparently have unions. Thousands of California scientists uh, struck striked over stalled contract talks this week. Uh, thousands of scientists who work for California, the state, began a rolling three-day strike this week, the first walkout by a state civil service union. 
members of the California Association of Professional Scientists marched uh, under cloudy skies in Sacramento this week to protest lack of progress in contact and contract talks. The walkout also spread to Los Angeles, Oakland, and other cities later in the week. The union represents 5,200 people who work more than 50 state departments that deal with issues from air pollution to toxic waste to earthquakes to agricultural pests, according to the union website. <clears throat> Members have been working without a contract since 2020, despite bargaining and mediation. The membership rejected a tentative agreement earlier this year. Another state mediation session is planned for November 28th. It is the first time state workers have struck in, uh, since civil servants won collective bargaining rights in 1977, according to the Sacramento Bee. <clears throat> the union's uh, president, Jacqueline Tock, said, quote, Nobody wants to be on strike. Nobody wants to be the first. But it's really inspiring to know that we have people who are so fired up in our situation, they are willing to go on strike for the first time and take that risk. Last week, California Department of Human Resources filed a complaint of unfair labor practices against the union for, attempt, for an attempt to prevent the strike. On Wednesday, the department said it was disappointed by the strike and the state would continue to bargain in good faith. Quote, the state will continue to work with CAPS to achieve a fair successor agreement as we have with other bargaining units. The union's main concern is higher wages. The, they, it says state scientists are paid 40 to 60% less than comparable positions uh, who have the same level of responsibility and do identical work. That is quite a difference. So hopefully those nerds will get their money as they deserve it. We now go to Netflix, where some series have been canceled as a result of the uh, writer and actor strike, although both of those are now over. <clears throat> Enough time has been lost. Apparently, Netflix decided to cut its losses and cancel uh, some series, including Shadow and Bone, which was uh, very popular first season, less popular second season, but got very good reviews. I saw, like, six episodes of that. It's a fantasy Thing. <clears throat> whatnot. That was closed as well as Glamorous, along with a trio of adult animated series including Agent Elvis, Captain Fall, and Farzar. Uh, Shadowbone ends after two seasons, while the other four are all, are, are all one and done, as in only one season. Uh, other uh, production companies are also cutting series uh, as they try to restart production on a variety of different um, series. Uh, production on a number of series is starting this week, but it's unlikely any of these shows will be able to make it back on Netflix before late 2024, if not 2025. Too many years, and so they decided to pull the plug on that. Um, I mean, <clears throat> eh, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not that, I'm not that terribly upset about that. I didn't really watch the shows. They were good. They're very good, nice visuals, but, you know, I wasn't too terribly attached to any one of them. So uh, stay tuned for other series. Some of your favorites might be on the chopping block as the ripples from the, S the SAG AFTRA strike continues to ripple throughout Hollywood. Last week, my friends, I mentioned that pandas returned back to China. Well, President Z, President Z, the president of China, visited the United States this week for a 
um, International Pacific Rim Conference and hinted that Beijing could be sending new pandas to the United States uh, sometime soon. Uh, he had a speech in San Francisco where he acknowledged how difficult it was for Americans to say goodbye to the three giant pandas. Quote, I was told that many American people, especially children, were reluctant to send them off. I also learned that the San Diego Zoo and Californians very much look forward to welcoming pandas back. Uh, he was speaking at a U.S. Uh, conference of U.S. business executives. <clears throat> and uh, it's like a trade thing and whatnot. Uh, tickets to the dinner uh, hosted by the U.S.-China Business Council and National Committee uh, on U.S.-China Relations were $2,000 each to watch a speech by the Chinese president. Uh, those who paid for seats, including Tim Cook of, of Apple, Larry Fink of BlackRock, as well as Elon Musk of Tesla, who was at the reception for drinks, but not at the dinner. Go figure. Uh, the Chinese leader met with President Biden for the first time in a year earlier that day and was referring to the San Diego Zoo uh, decade-long tradition of hosting pandas. Uh, 2019 has sent its last two back to China. <coughs> and uh, San Diego is hoping to get some giant pandas back. In his remarks, the president of China said, quote, Pandas have long been envoys of friendship between the Chinese and the U.S. We are ready to continue cooperation with the United States on panda cons conservation, and we do our best to meet the wishes of California so as to deepen the friendly ties between our two peoples. According to National Security spokesman John Kirby, said if China decides to send the pandas to the United States, we would absolutely welcome them back, but that was decision that, that, that's got to be a decision for President Xi to make. San Diego uh, Zoo President Paul A. Barbalt said in a statement on Thursday that the zoo is excited to hear of President Xi's commitment to continuing the giant panda conservation efforts between our two countries and his attention to the wish of all Californians in the San Diego Zoo is to see the, giant, see the return of giant pandas. The, the Smithsonian Zoo in, the, in Washington, D.C., did not comment on President Z's remarks. Um, so, uh, yeah, so what's, what's, once again, uh, pandas have traditionally been the uh, sort of peace envoy between China and the United States. Beginning in 1972, uh, when three pandas were among the eight that lived, three pandas were among the eight that lived in San Diego Zoo. Uh, starting in 1972, Following a visit for President Nixon and First Lady Pat Nixon, uh, Premier Zhao Yilan uh, gave the United States two 18-month-old pandas, Ling Ling and Sing Sing. Uh, Ling Ling passed away in 1992, and Sing Sing was euthanized in 1999. It was then without giant panda until December 2000, a gap of just over a year, when Tin Tin and Mick Zing arrived. Um... They also had uh, had a pair of pandas go to Washington D.C., and ten presidents have held office since they have came to town uh, in Washington D.C. So, <clears throat> obviously, tensions between China and the United States a little rough right now, and pandas are kind of being held back a bit. But as relations warm, I think we can expect to see uh, pandas return to the United States. Um, Z told a packed crowd in San Francisco or San Diego said, quote, if one sees the other side as a primary competitor, 
the most consequential geopolitical challenge and a pacing threat, it will only lead to misinformed policymaking, misguided actions, and unwanted results. China is ready to be a partner and friend of the United States. So, I mean, as one would expect him to say while visiting another country and whatnot. So hopefully relations between the United States and China will warm a bit. Still a lot of tensions, mostly in the South China Sea or Taiwan. And things could get a little things are things are getting more and more dicey there, so hopefully things will cool down a bit before anything awful happens. And finally this week, the National Book Awards held its awards uh, ceremony, hosted by LeVar Burton, well-known advocacy for literacy and whatnot. Uh, Justin Torrens' novel Blackouts uh, won National Book Award for Fiction, uh, which was a dairy illustration of narrative that blends history and imagination in recounting of censored study of gay sexuality. Um, the nonfiction prize was awarded to Ned Blackhawk's uh, The Rediscovery of America, Native People in the Unmaking of U.S. History, and the Young People's Literature was, Award was won by Dan Santart's A First Time for Everything, uh, Craig Santo Perez's, quote, from Incorporated Territory, the fifth work in his series about his native Guam was cited for Best Poetry, and Steno Gardel's The World That Remains, translated from Portuguese by Bruno Danta Lobata, won for Literature in Translation. Uh, Oprah Winfrey gave an emotional keynote address during the dinner at the Sapuri Wall Street, and honorary medals were presented to poet Rita Dove and Paul Yamazaki, a longtime bookseller at San Francisco's famed City Lights store. Um, winners in the five competitive categories each received uh, $10,000. Uh, the night's unofficial themes were self-expression, voices, silence, and raised awareness that the way literature can, as Dove described it, summon the voice of our unarticulated disturbances. The National Book Awards are a tribute to words and the right to read, as embodied by this year's event hosted by LeVar Burton and, and Ophir Winfrey. Winfrey. Um, Burton, a longtime champion of reading, marveled that he and Winfrey, both descended from enslaved people, could become symbols for literacy, literature, and the written word. Uh, Winfrey was seated during the dinner book club choices, during dinner between book club choices, uh, Jasmine Ward and Abraham Verghese became tearful as she spoke of her lifelong passion for words and reverence for authors. She quoted from such favorite works as Alice Walker's The Color Purple, Barbara King's Lovers, King Lovers, uh, King's Allers, uh, Demon Copperhead, and condemned those who banned books, calling censorship an act of isolating people into soulless echo chambers. Hundreds of people attended the National Book Awards, raising more than $1 million for the National Book Foundation, which oversees and provides a wide range of public ed educational programs. Booksellers and other judge panels of writers select award finalists and winners from competitive categories for which publishers submitted a total of more than 1,900 works. Pretty impressive. <coughs> Uh, also, uh, Love Arbiton also made a nice dig at the Mothers uh, for Liberty folks who have gone on a book-banning frenzy across the United States, and they really are a bunch of terrible people and should be made fun of every single time. In fact, they were all kicked out of a local Bucks County school board, although not before they bankrupt the school by giving a superintendent like a $700,000 severance pay. Hopefully, they all get sued into oblivion. 
Anyways, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, anyways, that was the National Book Awards, hosted by LeVar Burton. Check out those books. If you have a little extra money, donate money to the National Book Foundation to help promote literacy here in the United States. But before I go, my friends, if you like D&D &D and you don't want to, like, dip your, dip your toe in the online D&D experience, much like I did several years ago, check out Trixie's Tavern. It is an interdimensional space for D&D. If you're looking for a place to find D&D games for players from beginner to expert, that's the place to go. Games are $15 per uh, per player per session. These are professional DMs. They put a lot of time into it, so you got to compensate them for their effort. It's a kind of a job for them. They're providing a great service. Uh, but you can join for free on Discord, the Tavern Bar, for in-character roleplay, if you like, or just to shoot, shoot the breeze with D&D &D stuff. Uh, see what happens going on there. So if you're a first-time player, seasoned expert, doesn't matter. They've got something there for you. Check out Trixie's Tavern. That's Trixie'sTavern.com for some online D&D goodness. I did a few games there back in the day. Can't recommend them enough. They're a fantastic group of people, especially if you want to get your feet wet. Try it out for the first time. Very friendly. Great people. Check out Trixie'sTavern.com for all of your online D&D game needs the games throughout the week. Check them out. The schedule's always changing. Can't even tell what they're doing there now. So check them out. Trixie'sTavern.com Well, my friends, that just about wraps up this week's Saturday Point with me, Colt, Sebastian, Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Remember, you can find me on the Twitter, on the uh, Instagram, the Facebook, the um, threads, the uh, what else? Uh, oh, Counter Social as well. And, of course, if you need a great social media management system, check out socialbeat.io. Try it out for 14 days for free. Links in below. I'm not going to big spill because I do it every week. But, yeah, they're great. I use them. You should use them, too. They're worth every single penny. So, until next week, my friends, happy Thanksgiving. And I am, of course, Colt Sebastian Taylor. And I'll see you later.